This is the Church Planting Podcast, brought to you by the Broadcast Network. Broadcast exists to support, train and encourage church planters. For more information about who we are or about the training that we offer, please visit our website at www.thebroadcastnetwork.org. Welcome to the Broadcast Podcast. My name is Beth and you will have heard me interviewing our guest speakers in the lead up to our conference renewal for revival the last few weeks. And we've been speaking to Ness Wilson, Jeremy Simpkins, Sam Ward and our very own Tom Tom O'Toole. And uh, we have Rachel Gardner with us today. Hello. (laughs) Thank you so much. I know your schedule is crazy busy. Um, Yeah, we're so grateful that you've taken the time today to be able to chat with us about the conference that's coming up in three weeks time, which is just madness, it's so exciting. Um, so yeah, Rachel, the question that we are asking all of our guest speakers in anticipation for the conference is what do you believe God is doing right now? such a huge question and I'm I'm really excited to be coming to the conference it's going to be so much fun and and I think I don't know about anybody else listening but I am still totally tripping out on the thought of being in an actual physical space with actual people whose entire bodies closed I can see at one time I'm so excited Uh, so what is what is God up to I guess I mean, I guess really my gut reaction is God is up to what he has always been up to, um, making all things new, drawing everyone close to himself. Um, and, And my prayer, I think, now is the same prayer that I've always had, which is, God, may your will be done here on earth as it is in heaven, like the heavenly vision that God has for life in Blackburn where I live. You know, my prayer is, God, how can we as your people here see that become a reality? But I guess because of the past three years we've been through and stuff with Ukraine and Russia and, you know, energy costs going through the roof and the cost of living. And I guess that prayer takes on a new nuance. I guess there's a sense in which our hunger, my hunger for God, to renew all things, to make things new, for his kingdom to come. It feels like there's a a greater prescience about that, there's a greater weight, a greater burden on us around that because we just see how broken and how fragile, like, you know, 21st century life that cocoons us from the reality of pain and suffering often. That's been stripped away and, and we've been much more aware of how much we need to be, um, to be in the arms of our creator you know we are fallen fragile fallible mortals and we need to be held by a god who will never let us go so i think i think i'm seeing probably god do what god has always done but i think i've seen his people cry out to him i think with a greater urgency possibly mm, yeah definitely yeah and you mentioned blackburn there and you lead St. luke's have you you've seen that in the last couple of years at St Luke's through COVID as well? Yeah, absolutely. We we arrived here off the back of COVID, so we were serving at a wonderful church, Preston Minster, during lockdown and doing what many churches were doing. We converted the church into a big food distribution warehouse and we're, we're meeting people where they were at and what they needed. And then we planted a church just off the back of the third lockdown opening up, and so we've come into a new town and actually been able to see with fresh eyes 
the devastation. I, I went to the cemetery recently and huge numbers of a particular ethnic group within Blackburn um, who live in very crowded accommodation as a part of the cemetery in Blackburn, where many of those that died during the pandemic have been buried. And it is a huge area, Beth. It's like the crematorium has doubled in size. Mm. Um, and so I think we're very mindful that this place has suffered immensely. Um, and so what does it mean to be the good news, to be walking these streets and not just inviting people to a Sunday service, but inviting people to encounter um, the living God who is at work and active, who is our source of hope. So it's been ex really exciting planting a church onto a housing estate at a time when the nation is hungry for renewal without being able to articulate it's God they're longing for, but there's, it, the, the place feels like it's primed for change. It's primed for transformation. And, and so as we watch the bricks on our building being built bit by bit, we're watching God rebuild um, his, what he wants to happen here. And yes, it's been really exciting, tough, really tough, but really exciting. Yeah, yeah. It's so interesting you use that term rebuild as well, because I think speaking with Jeremy and Sam and just Nest the last couple of weeks, they've all used those phrases like rebuild, reshape, innovate. And I just feel like that's so much of what we're looking at at the moment is, OK, how do we, like you said, build from the ashes or build from what we've gone through for the last three years? And how is God going to do a renewal work? And it's so interesting to hear from different places across the country. It's the same, you know, kind of. Um, vision and things coming on. There's, um, there's a picture, a photo that people listening to this, you might have seen. It's a really old photo from the 1990s of um, a bridge in Honduras. I think it's called the Choloteca Bridge. And it's a very famous suspension bridge. And in the 1930s, it was destroyed. So in 1992, the Honduras government commissioned the greatest engineers, engineering minds in the world, I think, to, to create a suspension bridge that would withstand the hurricanes that often hit Honduras. And so they did, and it was so successful that two years later when Hurricane Mitch, the most powerful hurricane to hit landmass in the 90s, it was a factor five hurricane. When it hit, everything in Honduras, and I mean everything was devastated, roads were ripped up, houses were destroyed, like the entire country was completely devastated, set back 50 years in economic uh, measures. Um, but this bridge remained standing. It mm. stood when everything else was destroyed. Mm. But then they realized that even with the greatest engineering minds in the world, they hadn't anticipated that the bridge might remain standing, but it would no longer be usable or workable because the roads that led people onto the bridge were completely destroyed. And there's a famous photo doing the rounds on the internet, always on the rounds on the internet really, of the river that the bridge used to be over has now, because of the hurricane, it's now elsewhere. So you have this bridge with no roads going to it and it's not over a river. And I felt that was such a powerful picture, Beth, of, of what needs to be rebuilt. Because I think sometimes we could, as a church, we could come out of something like the pandem pandemic and say, well, at least, at least we're still standing. At least there's still 64 of us meeting. At least, you know, we're, most of us have, have got through COVID, you know, and, and we've all faced suffering, probably people that we love have died and the devastation of that. But we could wrongly say, at least, at least the buildings are still here. And I think God is possibly saying to us, maybe the buildings are still here, but the world around you has changed dramatically. So, I really feel that now is a time for us as, as uh, 
ambassadors of heaven as the kingdom of God in our communities to say, let's look at how we need to reimagine mission now, how we need to reimagine for those of us who are leaders, how we are raising up resilient disciples wherever God sends them that they can be salt and light. I think for me, every time I see that photo, it's a powerful picture of Rachel. Don't settle back on your laurels and say, well, we've got a strategy and we've got a full-time worship pastor and we've got a building. We're all fine because God is saying, but look at look at the world around you. Um, so I think now is now I think is a very exciting time for mission because just like Honduras government in 1994 had to say, how do we rethink the structure of our country after this devastation? I think now is time for us prophetically in the spirit to say, how do we, led by the spirit, reimagine mission, reimagine church that really connects with our local community and, and brings in the hope of Jesus? Yeah, definitely. Yeah. Would you say as well then, so we've kind of just been speaking about it now, but post-pandemic, that's what God is calling us into to, to yeah, reimagine and yeah, I guess so. I mean, God, God, the spirit of God is a missional spirit. And in that beautiful sense, the spirit of God, the di divine breath, that word ruach, that divine breath that filled Adam's lungs in Genesis 1 and 2. And that breath that's never stopped breathing, you know, the breath of God that's never stopped. And so there's a sense in which the divine spirit, God's breath will always be up ahead of us and will always be catching to keep up. And that's really exciting that God's always saying, there's something more come on like the, the unchanging truth is that the gospel is we announce the good news that has happened like when we when we share the gospel we're not making up something new we're, we're saying God's done it you know what is needed to restore us and bring us hope and new life has been done on the cross we're, we're sharing something that has happened mm. but but actually as Leslie Newbigin a wonderful theologian says but in every generation the gospel is forwarded to a new address it's like in every generation there needs to be a new way of communicating that ancient truth and I think you're right Beth that in a sense that is what God's saying because that is always what's had to happen even if we hadn't have had pandemics lockdown fuel shortage Russian um, war crisis even if none of that had happened we would still be need, we'd still need to be on our knees before God saying God what is a new address that we need to forward the gospel to but I think Knowing what we've been through, it's come into sharp relief that if we as church are not willing to be led by the Spirit into places that we cannot yet articulate, mm -hmm. um, then actually I think we will be presiding over churches that will be dying. Um, not because Jesus isn't building his church, but because he's saying, come on, the mission has always been bigger and more exciting than you've ever expected. And for those of us listening who are church leaders... I mean, in our heart, we know that's that's why we're leaders, because we want to be, um, we want to be those close, listening to the spirit and saying, God, what are you doing? We just want to get alongside and serve that. And whether your leading is in the music industry, in education, in your household at home, whether you're leading in community activism in your streets, on TikTok, social media, you know, whatever that space of your influence looks like. The question is, Jesus, what are you already doing? Spirit, what are you already doing? What are you innovating? What are you pioneering? And I want to be there with you in that. I want to be right up close. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. And is that so? That's just amazing to hear. And like, did you experience that when you, you said you planted just on the like end of the third COVID lockdown? 
going like being sent into Blackburn how did that come about like how is that like kind of an instantaneous thing like yeah we're going there we know it or do you feel like you look back and you see it was being kind of built in for a long time I always feel very, very um, comforted by the fact that in um, when the disciples have to find another disciple after Judas betrays Jesus and his life ends, doesn't it? And they they have a few people before them and they say, Who, who's going to be one of the kind of the people that will carry the message to the four, four nations, four, four corners of the world? They draw lots. I mean, it's so unspiritual. It's freaky. Like they just literally get together at the end of a gathering. They're like, yeah, you or you, let's draw lots. And I find the book of Acts really encouraging because if you take all the risk and the craziness and the we think it's this out you just have a book of people sitting around waiting <laughs> so acts really is the holy spirit propelling forward his church with with acts of utter lunacy and risk taking and they sometimes get it right and they sometimes get it wrong and they sometimes contradict themselves but my goodness are they hungry to be led by the spirit and i would say in my own life i'm in my 40s now i'm ancient but I would say how I've experienced the spirit leading me has been, normally it feels incredibly normal. It feels like, oh yeah, there's a church we could plant in Blackburn. Why, why wouldn't Jesus want us to plant in Blackburn? Yeah, we think we'll go to Blackburn. And, oh, we've had a few people praying and saying, they think that feels right too. Oh, that feels good. And then when we went to Blackburn, we really sensed, God could do stuff here. Oh, that feels good. And it kind of grows and there's a momentum. But actually, in reality, there wasn't a kind of a go to Blackburn kind of thing. It was just a, why wouldn't Jesus want his body to grow in Blackburn? Why, in a community that is very poor and deprived, forgotten, overlooked, why would Jesus not be doing beautiful things here? And so it's a combination of, we absolutely feel that God called us here, but we also just knew that God, of course, would want us to go to Blackburn or Bognor or Bolton or, you know, in that sense, I think the Holy Spirit loves us using our imagination and initiative. <laughs> you know, why wouldn't God want you to be, you know, having a public face and voice on TikTok and, mm. and sharing content in such a way that it's life bringing? Why, why, why wouldn't he? Why wouldn't he want you to do that? Why wouldn't he yeah. want you use your skills around fashion design like so I think it's both practical and profoundly spiritual but when we got here um our children are adopted and there were lots of questions in me about we're moving on to an estate where there's lots of pain and suffering and difficulty and um I really want our children we want our children to flourish here and we want the family to flourish and we want to lead a team and invite people to join us and we're moving into an area that has real struggles and the most incredible people, but they are incredible people who mostly want to get out, you know, because it's a tough place. And when we came to the church and looked at the building we were going to plant into in disrepair, right next to it is a little scruffy bit of land on this estate with four trees, four little trees growing. They're probably about 20 years old. And, I, and as we're a family of four, I looked at that and I felt the Holy Spirit say to me, Rachel, why wouldn't your children grow here? Mm. I'm the God that can make beautiful things grow in unexpected places. And I got on my knees because I just felt so overwhelmed by that. Both, it convicted me, to be honest, in a loving way. And then I thought, and if I'm going to believe that for these adopted children that God asked us to raise, I believe that for the children and young people on this estate. I believe that for every soul on this estate, that even here... God can make beautiful things grow in unexpected places. So I think I'm, we're all in and very, very excited. And it is tough, 
but we're seeing Jesus grow beautiful things and into beautiful lives in unexpected ways yeah yeah that's amazing and how are you guys as a church then reaching your community you spoke about you know kind of doing it in new ways and these people that you're seeing in the cemeteries as well and like they're hungry for Jesus they're hungry. how are you feeding them how are you finding that? yeah well um it rains a lot in Blackburn and we haven't got a building and so we're on the streets a lot so um, we wear lots of wet weather gear no we, we're on the streets a lot so a lot of our youth work is in schools uh, we have a real focus on emerging generations actually so we do a lot of work in schools a lot of work on the street drop-in projects but as a whole team all of us people that do the admin the spiritual job of administration is so important every week we go out once or twice a week in fact in about 20 minutes time I'm joining the team and we go onto the streets in Blackburn Town Centre and we just talk about Jesus mm. and we listen to people and you know what what we're finding is this is in a secular age we are not surrounded by little little angry atheists mm. we're surrounded by God positive agnostics we meet every week people who want to stand and chat for a long time and they've got their questions and they would love there to be a God. They just don't know if there is. And if there is a God, could this God love them? And is he good? So we, we do a lot of just listening and chatting. And I think my advice to any church leaders is every week, just get out and chat to people that don't know Jesus. Just get out from behind your desk. And it's scary. I'm an extrovert and a complete exhibitionist. <laughs> Look at me, I'm wearing a lime green trench coat as I'm talking to you. I find it tough to go up to complete strangers and say, do you want to talk about life death love jesus god whatever but we're finding that people want to talk they want to um and that feels amazing to be in that space so i, I would encourage anyone get out, get out of your comfort zone and just initiate conversation and see what jesus does with that we've had people join our gatherings because somebody was brave enough to say part of a church and we're, we're, a, we're a messy bunch and we you know, we're just making it up as we go along but we we're united around the fact that God loves us and knows us and and we can become more like Jesus and that's the best life ever so do you want to come and amazingly sometimes people do that's <laughs> great <laughs> that's brilliant yeah yeah no I think you're so right I think especially in the wake of the last few years and just everything that's been going on in the world, people have just got so many questions that actually when they were sat at home on their computers, they weren't getting the answers for, do you know what I mean? They weren't, you know, we we learn through interacting and growing in that way. And so people have got questions that they want answers to and best way to do it is meet them where they're at on the streets. And yes. Yeah. And we don't deliver Jesus to people and we don't have to be the ones that have all the answers. And I think actually what I probably am seeing is a new humble evangelism emerging where we just stand with people or we sit with people or we sit with our own friends or our own doubts and our own questions. You know, our doubts and questions are not a barrier. In fact, it's often a sign that we this matters to us um, we don't want to have an, a, a kind of a church structure that's overprotective that says to people, don't ask questions, don't mm. dare to question that, don't go and talk to somebody who might pollute you with their thoughts. We, you know, we don't have a shallow faith, we have a rich faith. We can really mine the word of God, we can really question and deconstruct and open stuff up and trust that the Holy Spirit will lead us into all truth. And I think 
that, that then we can be humble in our evangelism. You know, this is what I'm discovering. I'd love to hear what you think. And in those conversations, you haven't got to resolve everything. You haven't got to have the final say. You can walk away from someone and they can still think what they think and you still think what you think. But something sacred has happened, a lovely encounter. And I do believe that Jesus honors that. He loves his people just being close proximity to your work friends, your family, people on the street, and just saying, this is me and my journey. Can I just share some of this with you? And I think we will be amazed at how much God does with that, I think. Mm, definitely, yeah. No, that's exciting, really exciting. Um, so yeah, the, as I said, the conference is in a few weeks. Do you know what you're going to be speaking on during the <laughs> <laughs> please, please outline? People haven't been giving too many details, so they don't give too much away, I think. <laughs> I think I'm going to be doing a couple of things. So I've got a seminar or a workshop in the afternoon, thinking particularly around youth ministry, because I think, um, I mean, I'll go in more depth at the time, but, but Christianity has, a, has a, a, a shelf life or a one life of half a generation, which means that at the moment across the nominations, if a church has 10 young people within the space of one generation, they'll only have five young people left. And so I think we need to be really thinking strategically about how we build resilient faith in young people and, and, and also our mission, our evangelism, our how we reach in young people who are not part of church community. So I'm gonna be agitating a bit of space there to really think, how does the gospel land for this generation? What's the connecting points? And then I think I'll be doing a sort of a keynote thinking about this theme of renewal and revival and what is it that God's doing and how can we as his church respond to that. So I haven't got that fully formed in my, my mind and heart yet, but I'm just asking Jesus that whatever it is that he wants to be stirring in us, that I will serve that well. And any other people listening to this who ever get to speak at places, church leaders, there'll be a little wry smile now because you'll be reading through the lines, she ain't planned it. <laughs> Right, I haven't applied it yet. Never fear. Jesus will have stuff to say to all of us. Amazing. Yeah, well, we're so excited to have you with us. Um, Yes, as I said, three weeks' time, so it's it's not long to go now. Um, (laughs) For those of you who are listening to this and you haven't booked on yet, you can just head to our website, broadcastnetwork.org slash renewals dash for dash revival. And Rachel's um, speaking part in the evening as well will also be available for just um, a day ticket. So have a look on there as well if you can't make the full conference. But yeah, thank you so much for joining us today, Rachel. You are so welcome, Beth. And you take care and see you all in three weeks' time. <laughs>